I'm Holly. I'm Emily. I'm Deanna. And this is Confessions of a Farm Wife. Well, thanks for having us here. We're completely out of our element. We are usually sitting at Emily's very stylish dining room table in her farmhouse. Okay. She always has a great table runner. I think oh. every time there's a different table runner. I have a consumerism problem. <laughs> <laughs> but normally it's just the three of us and a pack well, of kids. Lots of kids. Right. Yeah. And yes. maybe some Hershey kisses to bribe there you go. Yes. small children. Candy, tractors. <laughs> That's right. Yes. We use bribery. Mm-hmm. I'm just making sure my mic's on, sorry. There you go. <laughs> there we go. There you. My I have a loud voice, but not that loud. <laughs> sorry. What'd you do to yours? Yes, I, oh, I pushed the red button. Oh, and <laughs> so Did that work? It becomes a train wreck easily. <laughs> right, um, <laughs> Am I on now? Yes. Oh, okay, there we go. go. See, this, we're a little, we're, you're right, we're out of our element completely. There's no small children right. running around. There's no nail guns going because we have a construction project. If you listen to our podcast, you might hear my construction underneath the house. No compressor kicking on. Yes, no. So thank you for being quiet. We appreciate it. No, we get together. We try to do it on a monthly basis. We took a little bit of a break as I took a new job. Holly had two babies. Emily. 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 See it out of my own. I'm trying to convince other people to do what I did. But we're back and we're planning on podcasting more regularly as the weather has broken. And And speaking of two babies, I have to tell a little bit of a story to get started. (laughs) We were here a year ago and we were sitting about over over in there Mm -hmm. and Emily leaned over to me. We heard Ron Hansen speak last year and talking about farm estate planning mm-hmm. and succession mm-hmm. planning and things. And Emily leaned over to me and said, I think I'm pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> and then something along the lines of, who has five kids anyway? They don't have five, they have six. I think I said something like, oh, don't worry, you're not pregnant. Be fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so she the does. Women in Ag Conference has a very tender spot for me. <laughs> where I thought my life was over. Not really. I'm sorry. <laughs> Not really. See, there's no filter. Don't record that. Anyway. <laughs> but this morning, family living, we were talking, you know, he was talking yes. about that, Dr. Yes. Cole. And, you know, family living, your perspective on that has changed so greatly in the past five months or even past year, really, because you started planning immediately. We did. We, um, my husband farmed and um, has had cattle and corn and soybeans and hay, and he went back to the ag classroom as well. And with the twins, we needed income that was steady. I saw market projections. We were in a land uh, lord situation, and this ag teaching opportunity came up, up for Joe, and um, we made a big change. We sold all of our cows, and we gave up the opportunity to be full-time farmers. Um, it's been a big adjustment. Uh, there's a funny story about um, across the road. I usually say across the street. I, was, I didn't really grow up in a city, but I grew up in a town. I call it a street, not a road. Um, but uh, my son saw the one cow that the landlord had out there, and she was kind of a snit. So Joe said, oh, we probably just left her out there. And So we're driving to preschool, and Jack, who's three, said, Mom, there's a cow in, in that field. Dad better go get it. And I said, well, those aren't our cows anymore. What? Those cows need to come back. We need to get those cows back. And there are days that I think, yeah, we need to get those cows back. And then you talk about calving, and I'm okay. Right. I'm good. <laughs> we can City share some calving, calving story in the middle of the night. Right. It'll feel better. <laughs> but, you know, depending on that paycheck, you know, how many of you in the audience have an off-farm job if your husband farms full-time? Right. Health insurance, you right? You both do. Health insurance. Yeah. Can I get an amen for health insurance? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I got twins to prove it. <laughs> 
But, you know, having that uncertainty and, you know, with Joe taking the job at Farmington and your life, you know, just planning, you were planning on your Going career taking work. off yeah. and you were working with United Way yeah. and all of that changed. And I think, you know, we really saw that come full circle this morning with right. what Dr. Cole was saying. Well, and we've been hearing, you know, I think we talked about this a year ago. Um, I went to the American Farm Bureau Federation conference a year ago this winter and they had a panel of... Um, Farmers probably in their 60s. I mean, they were there. A lot of, I think, several of them were state farm bureau presidents. So these are people who have been around for a while, and they had farmed through the 80s. And this whole panel was talking about what did we learn in the 80s that's going to get us through this next time period. And I came home thinking, oh man, <laughs> like it's getting real. You know, this is, you know, this 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 um, predictions of lower grain prices is going to happen. And as we've seen, of course, in the last year that has happened and that it's not likely a blip that this is where we're going to be for a while and I just think it's really um, interesting you know with Dr. Cole talking about this morning you know the differences in the farm family living expenditures mm-hmm. which is a lot of the stories we've been writing over the last year you know that higher end 100 to 125,000 in family living a year on the high end and then the lower end being what do you say 40 to 75,000 um, you know what what is um I wrote a column in our, our March issue, you know, like, what is um, modest living? You mm-hmm. know, what, how do you define that? Because I think that's a little different for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and I think that's part of being in your comfort zone. But we've seen, you know, farm families have been able to build new houses, make improvements to their farming operations, maybe add new buildings. Because of the high prices, we've right. seen that growth. Everyone has seen that, I think, across the state or if you're in Iowa as well. You know, infrastructure on the farm has improved. But... You know, like you said this morning, there's a lot of iron sitting on John Deere dealerships or in dealerships in general because people are right. are buckling down. Well, and I had talked to Jenna Kilgus for that story. Jenna's a young farm wife from Fairbury. Her family does a lot of really interesting diversification. You know, Dr. Cole was talking about diversifying. They've done it. <laughs> they've got goats. They've got dairy. They've got homogenized milk that they're, you know, bottling themselves. They're wow. selling meat into Chicago, mm-hmm. selling directly into Chicago with a lot of products. and. Anyway, it's a fascinating operation, but, you know, we were talking about that idea, well, what is modest living, mm-hmm. you know, and her point was that, you know, she's like, we remodel our house, yeah. I don't know, somewhere in the last year or two, and she's like, people might look at us and say, well, that's not living modestly, right. and she's like, and yet at the same time, we're buying clothes at Goodwill, because that's what we've always done. Right, right, <laughs> right. And so, I think you come in, like, we came into farming, let's see, in 2006, seven. so, mm-hmm. you know, prices were great, and... Right, that was a good time. It was a great time, <laughs> and we sold our cattle when beef were at an all-time high, so... Okay. <laughs> We 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 looked at that a lot, you know. Joe and I did when we were making the decision to to bow out. That right. you know we came in on a good time. Do we stick it out? Do we you know how do we make it work? Right. And we started farming. Well, my husband in '95, and then I graduated in '98, and we got married then. And you know that was a time when we were you know you got into the early 2000s and everybody was you know processing LDPs and we were seeing sub two dollar corn and it was. Wow. You know, you're yeah. getting subsidy checks that you really didn't want, but you kind of needed. But, right. You know, and that was a, it was an interesting time to start out and then um, to be poor. Yeah. <laughs> and friends in town don't get it. I mean, that's no. They, you know, and I didn't get it coming in. You know, my, both my parents were teachers, and my dad farmed on the side. But you know, right. that was just kind of piddling around, I right. guess. But. <laughs> And we got married in 2011 and took over, so my husband's a fourth generation, but now it's, okay, time to buy out my father-in-law and his mm-hmm. aunts, and how can you afford to buy acres at 
you know, 9,000 or you had a land sale today, right? Yes, there was a land sale today. I can give you a land sale report in uh, rural Fairview, Illinois. Um, the top tract went for 15,008 an acre. Here, I'll get the whole list. <laughs> John texted her. Okay. <laughs> the sale bill. Yeah. Yeah. You can buy it. But. Maybe, oh my gosh. <laughs> Screenshot of the sale bill to me. Okay, the first tract went for 15,800 an acre, the second for 12,000, the third for 142. As a total of about 240 acres. And we know these people. Yes. That's what's so crazy. It's, I think that's I know a thing. It's a, nice, it's, a, it's a good family. It's yeah. Several generations involved. I hope they do well. Yeah. Well, and it makes it difficult for this next generation to come in and get started when landlords are saying, hey, I want $15,000 an acre for my ground too. It's not penciling out for this younger generation that has taken over for, you know, the father in laws or the fathers that are getting ready to retire and step back a little bit. Right. And, you know, when you talk about neighbors in town or your friends in town not, whoops, not <laughs> understanding. Did we do a sound check? No. <laughs> we did. We did one. It worked. But you guys really saw the in-town moms in mm-hmm. at Hearts yeah, at Home over the weekend. Yes. Last, what is today? Saturday. Friday? So last Saturday. Uh-huh. It seems like a long time ago. It does seem like a long time ago. <laughs> so the Illinois Farm Family Program in Illinois um, got a booth at this Hearts at Home conference. And I don't know if you're all familiar with Hearts at Home. Um, It's a national conference held in Bloomington, Illinois. um, That's maybe 20 years now. Yeah. And And it's, yeah, for Never have had an agricultural representative. I have attended as a mom, yeah, with a group from my church since my kids were born, but never, you know, they have a trade show, but never thought about that we could have a presence there. So well, my farm family's got a booth there this year, and Emily and I went on Saturday yes. with some other various farm right. moms and, and twins. Answer questions. <laughs> yeah. And about the greatest marketing tools in the history of the world. Babies. We make you babies and don't necessarily be <laughs> <laughs> only organic. Right. No fertility issues here. Oh, sorry. I'm just going to shut this up. No, it was, you know, I thought, I went into my advocacy career career as a volunteer thinking, I'm going to change people's mind. I'm going to write this blog. Everybody's going to get it. They're going to think, you're so great, Emily. We'll follow you. You know, I'm a leader. I'd like people to believe the way I want to believe. Who doesn't want to? And I've really been become more maybe jaded or maybe more learned, but I said to one of the gals, I'm not here to change your mind. I don't go to the grocery store with you. I don't know what you believe is right or wrong or works for your family or whatever. I just want you to look at beef, particularly, because that seems to be a tender part of our hearts, and see Joe as the farmer, and me as the farm wife or farmer, even though he's more than the farmer. But um, I want you to see me in the picture and not some corporation, because we had, I mean, we had all the questions that you have been told to advocate for, that you roll your eyes to sometimes. You know, yes, there are, you can talk about the bee lady, but I had a gal say, you know, I can't even remember what it was, but she just, she just couldn't. She, she was saying everything that we were told people believe, and she believed it. So I finally said to one of the gals, don't just Google everything. You know, here, can I give you um, a pamphlet that had all the resources from the commodity groups for Illinois? Go to those sites and at least get a, another, another side of the story. I think 
the interesting thing we've seen is that you know there are the extremists on the far end who right. are very entrenched in their beliefs, and then there are those of us who are trying to explain things, and then there's this big movable middle. Mm-hmm. And I think we saw a lot of the movable middle that day. Um, people who just had honest questions and. You know, some of them, they just want freezer beef. Yeah, so <laughs> a lot of people. Okay, so Jean, get to work on that. <laughs> Talk to somebody at the Illinois Beef Association because we had more people want to know, where can I just go buy a half of beef? Yeah, yeah. And that would be a great resource. A website, you know, you can punch in your zip code where you live and here's some growers. People around mm-hmm. you. So, anyway, we need to pass that on, but we yeah. just did. But there's there's so many ways that you can advocate. You know, you can be out there and sharing your story. Jenny Schweiger is sitting right up here in front. She's part of the Ag Chat Foundation. (laughs) And if you took the time to visit with her, she's got a pretty cool story. There's so many opportunities. Getting involved with Linda Olson and Illinois Farm Families. Or even if it's... Yeah, or on the ground in Iowa. Even if you're just... When you get that text message for an Illinois Farm Bureau Ag Legislative update request or action request, or you want to sign up and get on that, you know, just doing your part and making sure that our story is told. Because like he said today, it's going to change over the next five years, and we're going to have to bridge that gap between the farm and the fork. And that's what I try to tell my FFA kids and my ag kids every day is you might not live on a farm. You might live downtown Manitou, which is pretty much a farm. (laughs) But you still eat and you're still wearing clothes because no one wants to see you naked. I'm hungry. Well, and I think also you don't have to have all the answers. I mean, I think that makes you so much more accessible. Is that what I learned at Hearts at Home, too, was, you know, I didn't have to tell them exactly how things happened, but I could get, I could point them into a direction. I could pull Holly. You just have to say, you know, to noise. Oh my gosh. (laughs) She can say it. That she said it twice perfectly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we had a lady came up and asked about, I can't remember quite how she phrased it. Something about what's the deal with all these GMOs and the bees. Because her husband's a beekeeper. Yes. And... Um, I just started talking about, you know, why we grow GMOs on our farm and what it's done and fewer pesticides and safer for my husband and blah, blah, blah. And then she looked at me, she's like, wait, now you're against GMOs, right? I'm like, no. <laughs> We're not. I said, I'm all for growing whatever works on your farm. You know, some people do grow it on GMO and that's great. They get a premium. It's going for somebody who wants that. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, but we don't happen to do that because a lot of our corn goes to Havana and goes on a barge and goes around the world. And... Um, but anyway, and, and I, as I was explaining, you know, how specifically we use it and, you know, what we're growing and how we're growing sweet corn, mm-hmm. you know, sweet corn and feeding it to my kids and our neighbors and, you know, whoever wants to get some, she kind of looked at me finally and she's like, oh, so maybe I was, how'd she say that? Maybe. Well, first of all, she thought GMOs you sprayed on some stuff. Yes. <laughs> the bus would play poor lady's right. heart. I mean, she right. just, she needed some. Right. We gave her two pamphlets. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's an example of somebody who came in who thought she knew a lot of yeah. things yes. and was very part of that movable middle that, you know, she was willing to listen and learn. And, you know, we talked about, you know, different, you know, how we're using things. And she's like, well, maybe that's not so bad after all. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's the, you know, those are the high points of right. those kind of conversations. Right. So. Yeah. Does anybody have any questions for us? We could talk all day, seriously. Really this is, and we know it's the end of the day for you, too. Right. Deanne goes, you need to keep them at 20 minutes. That's really hard for me because sometimes I'm like, girls, we're at 40. We need to cut this off. And when we do a podcast, just to give you a little bit of a background, too, 
as you think of your questions. We just kind of, we get an outline, we try to be organized, we try not to talk to each other when we come into my home. <laughs> we try <laughs> not to. Hard so we can be fresh. But we just basically, so we that's what a podcast is if you've <laughs> never really listened to one of ours. It's just us talking about what the issues are. Holly obviously has her pulse on the, the beat of, of agriculture. And when Deanna was in broadcasting, she could facilitate us. And I just try to interject my voice once in a while and not my kids. <laughs> <laughs> but it's been a really interesting avenue to, to advocate, I think. Right. Yeah. Right. And I think it's interesting how... You know, as we've talked to different people, how people get their ideas about things. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the bee lady and the GMOs. And I was on a conference call yesterday with Bayer. It was a Bayer Crop Science conference call talking about their bee program. And um, one of the questions was, you know, why? You know, her, one of the bee experts was talking about how you know bee populations are actually, what did she say, 40% higher over the last 60 years. And, you know, U.S. bee populations is, I don't know, two and a half to 2.6 million bees. So there's information you can take home. Um, <laughs> They're just trying to improve bee health. Right. right? But I said to her, I was like, why, do, why does everybody think bee populations are crashing and we're having huge die-offs if that's not really what's going on? And her answer was, well, it's kind of like everything else. People see a headline come through on their social media, and they read that, and they think they know about it, which is unfortunate. Um, and I think that's a lot of what we're up against when we see too much information is sometimes just too much information. Right, yes. or just a headline. There you go. Yeah. Indeed. Yes. Questions? Anybody? Can you get your stuff online, like listen to your broadcast online? Yes. Because I want to send it out to my girlfriends, or not really girlfriends, people I know out in Montana, I'm originally from there. Okay. Um, every time I go out there, it's an argument about right there's two different ways um, I have a blog and if you go to www.farmprogress.com slash my generation and then we post them there as we do them each time so if you scroll down to my it's always called confessions of a farm life episode Whatever. 14. I 14. think this is four. No, this 15. is 15. This, 15. this is 15 right now. <laughs> or the other thing you can do is go to SoundCloud. There's a SoundCloud. If you have a smartphone, you can download the SoundCloud app. And um, we have a, what you call a, channel? a channel. A channel on there called Confessions of a Farm Wife. You can search for it and follow it there. And then it'll, it'll just automatically upload a new one you know, when it's available. So. Good question. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good question. So two tools that, that is we a good use. I have one. Grandma. <laughs> <laughs> I think that should be because the issue. Issue. <laughs> <laughs> today is grandma called and we had a bit of a snafu. Mine is grandma for sure. For one, you know, you need you need a support system. I mean, the that I'm sure, but whether it's a babysitter or a house cleaner or someone to take off one piece of the puzzle. Um, that way I can come to things like this and be a human being and yes. wear eyeliner and talk in complete sentences. Um, but I would also say that um, a good network of other people in your same, 
I guess mine is just basically people. <laughs> so I don't know if that's going to help you or not, because you probably have lovely friends. But um, <laughs> getting together with Holly and Deanna is very therapeutic for me because they get it. They understood when Joe wasn't coming home because he was pulling cats yet again in the snow and the mud, and I couldn't take it anymore. They understand that. <laughs> So, um, or you lean across the table at women and I go, I think I'm pregnant. She says, no, you're not. <laughs> and then you ugly cry to her later than you are. Um, so I would say just a good network of, of support. I would say mine is a to-do list. So I just write things down. This is my first year teaching. Mm. I started, what, two weeks before the school year started. And my degree is in ag communications, not ag education. So I'm on a provisional teaching license. So I've really learned a lot. Baptism by fire. <laughs> Baptism by fire. That's right. Um, so the to-do list, I physically write it down. I have a phone, but I just I have to write it down because the satisfying urge of checking it off <laughs> is so. Write things down to see what it up. Yes, I already <laughs> my, my do yeah, that. Done. And then we endorse this on our first podcast. But I have an Aaron Condren planner where I write everything, and I. If and I forget pretty. my phone at home, and it's really pretty. We like pretty things. <laughs> Fluffy. Yes. I could leave my phone at home, but I need to have that planner because it's my lifeline. So, you know, my tools would be that. And then I have a really supportive husband, so when I get crazy ideas, he's like, okay. <laughs> and he farms full-time. We have 23 irrigation systems because of where we live. And Say what they really are called. I call them irritations. <laughs> Because when you, when you want to go away or you want to go to a friend's house for 4th of July weekend, one is going to break down in the middle of a popcorn field, and you're going to be rolling a tire in the track. It is an experience. But, you know, we don't go anywhere in the summer. You can ask Colleen and Emily. I'll say, what are you doing? Can I go to the zoo with you? I need to get out of this county. <laughs> but, you know, I think supportive friends and family, and like Dr. Cole said, surround yourself with friends and family, you have to have that support system, mm -hmm. definitely, for balance. Yeah. Well, you guys stole my answers. So. Oh, sorry. Oh. <laughs> like minded <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I would say my mother-in-law is a big part of it, and one yeah. of those funny things, we live just around the field, so to speak, from my in-laws, and it was one of those strange things. You know, I graduated in May of 98 from University of Illinois, 36,000 people, somewhat anonymous, and then married my husband four weeks later and moved in next door on a dead end road where we drive past my in-laws every day to do anything. And I that, do too. <laughs> right? and, and it was, you know, it was, one of the, it was hard for my independence at first, mm -hmm. but I will tell you that's one of the greatest blessings in our life. Mm -hmm. um, we live, you know, there's, there's kind of a waterway across that field, and my kids now are 12, 10, and 6, and they're, you know, grandma and grandpa are part of our daily lives, mm -hmm. you know, so they're back and forth a lot, and, you know, um, that's just a, it's a good thing. Yeah. Grandma fills in a lot with, you know, taking somebody somewhere, and it's the way I was raised. You know, my grandma took us to ball practices in yeah. the spring when mom was busy and dad was busy, and it's just the way it is, so that one, and, and, and having people you can call or text or FaceTime or Facebook or whatever, you know, in the middle of the day or in the middle Go of the Go to the whatever. loft and look for dark jeans. Yeah. Yes. Holly needed dark jeans, and I was going to town. So <laughs> I was texting your pictures. High-waisted skinny jeans, girls. They, they're out there. They're awful. Yeah, who does that work for? Not us. <laughs> <laughs> We're anti. No. Those days have passed. If they she says, Neil, new tonight or whatever it is, and I'm talking about skinny jeans. That's how it works. <laughs> 
but yeah, those, those, and, and the Erin Conlon planner is good, and then the other thing that we did at our house to help manage schedules, and partly as my kids are starting to get, I don't know, I was delusional when my kids were babies and thought, oh, when they get in school, it'll be so much easier. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> now they have lives of their own, and they do. So, um... Erin Condren, this is ErinCondren.com. We're going to be a commercial for Erin Condren. No kidding. She's a sponsor. She's um, great. <laughs> she does. She has this big um, notepad type deal. It's like 11 by 17, and you just got day of the week on. So I think it starts on Monday, Monday through Sunday. And then you can write in everything you've got going on each of those days and stick it on the refrigerator. So that's something I try and do on Sunday afternoons and write in our schedule for the week and who's going where when. And it's just for the week? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's very so, nice. Take it down at the end of the week, and yeah, it's the kids like it because then they can check and see. My husband especially likes it because he feels like he's in the loop. Mm -hmm. Should I have forgotten to tell him about something? Not that that ever happens. (laughs) Never. (laughs) Any other questions? How do you find as I'm 15 years in and have kids that are growing, but then I have a younger one at four? Um, How do you find time so it's confessions of farm life? How do you still find time, though, with yourself? Should we talk about going to Mighty Classic, Emily? <laughs> <laughs> no, we will not talk about Mighty Classic. <laughs> you go and advocate and go away on trips. No, I'm just yeah. kidding. <laughs> um, no. <laughs> I mean, it like, is. Right. You guys, I have a great in-laws. I have yes. great parents that, you know, take time. They spend with the kids. But then sometimes it's just like, I love my kids dearly, but... You need a break. The best, yes. 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 Right. I mean, you want to go... Yeah. Right. We're at that strange point now. I mean, our oldest is 12, and so, like, they're old enough to stay home sometimes, which is really weird because I feel like I'm forgetting something. Like, we went to our <laughs> county farm bureau meeting last month, right? And they stay home, and you're like, this is a whole new world. <laughs> you know, without a babysitter, and, you know, they're old enough to handle that. So that's gotten easier to some degree. Otherwise, it's just, at our house anyway, it's, it's seasonal. Right. We're not going out in the spring or the fall. Well, and like, I we're not going out in spring. We're not going out real calving. There was an issue about January. January. <laughs> two weeks in January, Holly is available. I think, I think too. Yeah, and I think too. You, yes. You take. Well, I vlogged about day day at the Farm Bureau meeting. I mean, you take right, yeah. you take the what seems so silly, you know, when we were young and farm sale, farm sale. I know or Menards. I mean, we try to you know you just I guess you just try to savor those very precious few moments together right. run through the drive-thru. <laughs> yes. Well, there's something, too, to be said for when you're, you know, I work full-time now, so I'm not necessarily farming every day with my husband, but there are certain jobs that I help with. Like, we bring little heifers to our house to calve, at our house to barn, behind our house. And... <laughs> but, not in uh, your house. <laughs> although... You've had them in your house. Yeah. So, but, so, my husband and I, we... You know, if there's a calf to be pulled, we go do it. So that's kind of our thing together, and we kind of have, you know, our routine. You go get this, and I get that, and it all kind of works together. So sometimes those date nights are not exactly what you want. It's 4.30 in the morning, and you're pulling a calf. But as long as it all ends well, give it time. <laughs> Any other questions? Okay, I have to share one last thing. I don't okay. know if you even saw this, Emily. I shared a picture earlier on Facebook of us, we were uh-huh. goofing around doing our sound check, and yes. Emily's husband, did you see this? No. Commented. Oh, Lord. It's funny. He says, this is Joe Abel, so is this unedited and live? Because the, <laughs> that may be cause for concern for a few of us. Sometimes these stories need to be filtered and edited to protect the guilty. 
So, hopefully Joe can rest at ease now. Oh, I think great. he can. <laughs> you know, if you wouldn't do such crazy things, I wouldn't have such crazy stories. Am I right? <laughs> you cannot make up some of the stuff. <laughs> oh, bless him. Well, thanks for having us today. Thanks, you guys.